Hi everyone, this is Ian Clayton on Wisdom's Echo, a podcast by Origin Gate. So good to be back with you today. I want to again pick up where I was last last time we had our session with you and just begin to talk about verse 6 of chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. Where the word says in chapter 6, Rejoice, Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. First of all, I thought it would be really good for me to just talk about iniquity so fascinating how when you look at the culture that um, the Hebrew people were raised with the whole issue of the freedom of sin the the necessity for the blood sacrifice uh, and of course for you and I as believers it comes back to Christ's sacrifice and the shedding of his blood for us the whole framework of all of this is all to do with the pattern um, that was laid out in the Old Testament to lay a footstool for you and I to understand the implications of the New Testament. Well, the New Covenant is not even New Testament. I, I can't, don't like that. Anyway, um, I, I have found the understanding of what iniquity is a great failure within the Christendom today. When you look at sin and transgression, you can see the law judged all sin and all transgression. And it dealt with the external behavioral patterns of a human being, the way that they behave, what they did. You know, don't do this, don't do that, you know, do this, do that. It was a governmental process set up to control and limit the lust of the flesh and limit the the, the longings that go on inside a, a person's life. And so for me, I, um, I needed to get to grips with this word iniquity. So sin is where so sin and trans sin is where you consciously break the law and transgression is where you unconsciously break the law it's the only way to frame it properly and of course that sets up the 613 laws and 14 laws or whatever they are and all this requirements to do stuff that is just to me such a burdensome issue um but there's one thing that that the law never addresses and that is the issue of iniquity and of course, when, when Yeshua comes along, you find very succinctly that he gets involved directly with the issue of iniquity in, in framework of the passages of Scripture, where things, it says things like, you know, you say you shall not murder, but I say, if you do this in your heart, you are already a murderer. You say you shall not commit adultery, but I say this of you, that if you've done it in your heart, you've already done it. And so there, there, there is this issue of an inward focus that that Christ brought out with regards to his ministry. So to understand iniquity is a heart motive. Iniquity is also a bent that is a crooked place within us that longs and and thinks and lusts after, not even lust, lust is a really strong word to use here, but, but longs for things that are not good. And, and oftentimes you find that iniquity is the cause of our sinning, not the sin that we actually have already dealt with at the cross, but this, the continually sinning process that we do, because there's sin and sinning, two totally different things. So sinning is the, is the actions that I do through the consequences of seed that I have allowed to be birthed in my heart, deep inside of me, that I've allowed to germinate in the secret place. I can remember someone many, many years ago saying this, or making the statement at a conference that that um, unbelief is a dark room where you develop your negatives. And, and iniquity is exactly the same thing. It's a dark room that germinates the seed 
on the seeds that you think about in private when no one is looking. And it's these issues that, that Christ tried to deal with. So when the, when the word says here that in, 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 in verse 6 of third, chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, when it says it rejoices not in iniquity, what, what really, what so, so love, we're talking about human body here. Do you know that your body does not rejoice in iniquity? According to scripture, it says, but, but um, rejoices, um, rejoices in the truth. Just make sure I get my glasses up here. Yep, so, so um, rejoices not, not in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. So if iniquity is a bent that is in our physical body, do you realize that if your body lusts after sugar, it doesn't rejoice in that process? Do you know if your body lusts after food, if your body longs for things, it doesn't rejoice in that, it just wants it. It doesn't, it's, it's not an enemy to you because it wants something. You're an enemy to it because you allow it to get what it wants instead of actually engaging with it and then bringing direction to it so that it learns to submit to who you are as a spirit being. What, what are you going to do? I mean, let's just reach this right out into 250 years from now when you don't need to eat anymore and you don't need to breathe anymore because your body is now being completely self-sustained by the realm of the glory that your physical form is now transitioned into. What, what are you going to do when your body goes, I want some sugar? You are just going to be able to say no. Not today. This is not necessary for my longevity, not necessary for who I am or what I'm doing. I'm, now, I've just picked on sugar. Salt's just as bad. I, you know, I'm, or, or food or ice cream or chocolate or chocolate. Um, I mean, wh whatever, or, or biltong if you're South African. I mean, it doesn't really matter. The, the, the thing about it is that where there is iniquity, which is a bent and a drive to do things that are not necessarily right, create the consequences for what goes on around us to materialize and manifest themselves and it's you and i that 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 actually as a as the spirit being that governs everything around us it's you and i that have got to begin to direct the choices of our body so when your body goes i i, I want this and you go no it of course it's going to pack a sand that that you've said no and that's okay the, the thing is, you just stand, stand your ground and go, well, you don't rejoice in iniquity. However, you want this, but you, you're not going to have it. And so, therefore, if you don't rejoice in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth, here is the truth. This is not good for you. And therefore, we are making, I, see, I want you to see, I'm including you, you as the spirit being and your body, we together are making a choice to not do this and behave in this fashion. We are going to be different. We are going to function together as a single unit governing who I am as a spirit being, governing you and bringing you into alignment so that we can come into alignment with our future. If you do not engage with your body in a in a collusive way where you bring it into submission, you, you teach it, you train it, you bridle it, you do all of these things, what it means then is that your body will be able to engage with you and be able to come to you and say to you, I would like this. And you then have the capacity to say no. Um, I, I often think that we don't like our body because we allow it to 
engage in iniquity that we know is wrong yet our body does not rejoice in the iniquity that it's doing your body doesn't want to eat sugar all the time you've just allowed it to, to, to behave like that and again please i'm just talking about sugar here because it is a i believe it's one of the most addictive substances in the face of the earth and and it has caused more harm than good in creation and so you know praise god for sugar hallelujah so you know don't come at me and go oh, Ian, you know you're saying this about sugar well I see what sugar has done, I see what it's caused, and I see the great harm that it's done. But it's a good thing, because you can actually eat something like three or four grams of sugar a day in the fruit you have and in the other food you eat, which is good sugar. So there's good sugar and bad sugar. Anyway, I'm, I'm not here to talk about sugar. I'm here to talk about the way that your body and you, as the spirit being, govern what it eats. So you have to bring direction to it. Paul Paul talks about pummeling his body into submission. I don't recommend that you go and beat your body up and give yourself a black eye just because you are trying to pummel it into submission. That's not what this is about. But it's, it's dealing with the internal drives that your body wants of its own. Yet you know, according to Scripture, love does not rejoice in iniquity. So... If my body loves me, it doesn't rejoice in what it wants. It just does it because that's all it knows. And because it hasn't been taught in another way, it hasn't been given the opportunity to think differently, then it becomes a major issue. It's really fascinating for me. I'm, I'm involved in it with a young young man that's been part of our community for a, for a long time. And, and some of you may know him. And uh, that's why I'm not saying his name. But he is so consciously aware of all the muscle structures and the way that his muscles work in his body. When one is wrong, he knows it's wrong. But that's because he's become familiar with his body and he loves his body that way. So he keeps it in a way that, that it actually rejoices in the goodness that it can provide to him and the way it can sustain him. And so when something's wrong, he works on it and works on it and works on it. And so for me, it's, it's becoming consciously subconsciously and unconsciously aware of the functions of your body what your body's doing and recognizing your body actually loves you so much it's chosen to stay with you for all of these years that you have blatantly abused it it hasn't rejoiced in, in your inability to control it it's waited for you to make the decision to go hey this is where we're going to go this is what we're going to do this is the portion that we are going to walk with today you know I, I, I can remember quite a number of years ago when I I was going through a period where I was doing a very very strict regime of fasting and um and and I and, and I would do a 40 day fast just on water like and, and I wouldn't lose a single pound of weight. It was absolutely crazy. For 40 days on water, I wouldn't lose it. It was a standing joke within my family. And so it's, it's because there is another source of life for us. However, um, in the middle of it, I, I, I learned that my body actually loves me and will do what it can to supply what I need to sustain a life in my daily walk with Yahweh if I give it the chance to do that. If I, if I feed it right, if I look after it right, if I honor it in the right way, 
and don't treat it as a second class citizen then then my body's going to respond now here the word all the other part of this scripture verse today it says this that 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 love does not but rather love rejoices in the truth let's let's talk about this one here do you know that your body responds to you every time you make a truth not only a truth declaration over it but where you intrinsically in your heart choose to walk out in the realm of truth. Now, of course, truth is the way, the truth of life, which is what 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 um, the Holy Spirit is to us, uh, what Christ is to us. Sorry, um, that, that that when Yeshua said, "I'm the way, the truth, the life," when we engage with truth, your body has the capacity to align itself with Christ, with, with Yeshua. He has, it has the capacity to engage with the provision that he made for on the cross for it to be able to come into a place of submission to you in the same way that he submitted his body to himself to the point where he's, he sustained his physical form in a physical way as the spirit being, even though it had given up while he was hanging on the cross. And the whole process of his passage through death into the grave to be manifested and come out the other side with a whole new fabric fabricated body out of the provision of what was made of that physical element of his physical body. Yahweh literally took him through metamorphosis, which is of course what happens when a worm goes to a it goes to a butterfly. And so here here is Christ coming to us and presenting to us a truth saying walk in me i'm in you you're in me if i'm walking in him i can walk in truth do you know that your body only wants to walk in truth it wants you to know the knowledge let's talk about sugar again it wants you to know the knowledge of what sugar does to your body it wants you to know by the physical evidence you see if you ate two tablespoons of sugar every day you would actually put on fat and it's because that's what your body does. So your body shows you through its response to what you're feeding it, the physical elements of what you are doing to it so it can try and get you to take notice. And so I, I often say to people, listen, we, we have got to begin to acknowledge the power that our body has and then to realize that you and I as a spirit being have been given the capacity to walk in truth to allow it to speak to you and as I say in the last session when my body turned to me and said to me what what do you what do you want me to do with this now and I began to make a statement about what I wanted it to do. I wanted it to assimilate the engagement, to build the air, the pattern for it, and to do all these things that I, I never realized, even at that stage, that I had that kind of relationship with my body. Of course, this is a whole new thing that is really opening up for me, which I am just absolutely amazed at. Well, I hope that you will join me for our next one. This is Ian Clayton a podcast, uh, on Wisdom's Echo, a podcast by Origin Gate. Have a great day. Shalom.